Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Well, I'm very excited uh, today. Listen, you're, you're going to be hearing me on Yom Kippur not once, but twice already. Dainu! It's enough. That's the wrong holiday, I know. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. It's enough uh, to hear a rabbi. We've got, I've got a great special guest speaker for you on this Shabbat, and I'm really excited about it. And I say guest. He's not really a guest. He's really honorary mishpachav. The, the headquarters of their ministries is in the, the metro Atlanta area. And, but wow, their, their work, the work that they do, though, is, is truly, truly worldwide. Uh, from, the, from the Sunrise Center in India, where, where they have where Israeli backpackers will, will head to India after their army service, and, and they'll get a chance to be ministered to by a whole center that they have uh, over there in India, to in Israel. They work in Israel with Holocaust. They've got family there. They, got, they, they have uh, work with Holocaust survivors and and, and a whole network of, of, of people that they invest in and seed into in the land of Israel to Belarus. Okay, and, and gosh, I hope you know, Belarus has been in the news quite a bit uh, lately for all the protests and things that have been going on over there, and it, it's still a very uh, strong totalitarian type of government. And in any case, they have a congregation where he's the, still the senior leader of uh, over there, and, and boy, a lot's been going on. I mean, he may be sharing a little bit about, about what's been going on over there some, because, wow, it's absolutely remarkable. And so he's, he's supervising all that kind of stuff. Uh, in addition to his U.S. ministry, I mean, usually Rabbi Stewart is traveling all over the country, all over the world. He's been a bit more packed in lately, and so we had an opportunity to snag him for the days of Al Shabbat, and I said, yes, thank you very much, because I, I love him. He uh, is a brother, and he and his wife are precious to us here at Bethel. So uh, I'd like to, to welcome, uh, well, really kind of welcome back, welcome home, Rabbi Stuart Winograd, everybody. Come on, let's pray. Yay, all right, clap at home. All right, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Yes. Well, it's always a delight to be here uh, uh, at Beth Hillel. Shana Tova, Shabbat Shalom. And to be here during Shabbat Shuvah, the Shabbat of return and repentance. I so appreciate what God is doing through Rabbi Kevin, his whole family, and all of you here at Beth Hillel. I thank God for you all. Before I dig into the message, I just want to give you a little ministry update in this unusual time that we are living in. And uh, I trust it'll encourage you because together we are partners in what Reach Initiative International is doing around the world. Starting with Belarus, as you know, we are building the historic first ever Messianic Jewish synagogue and ministry center in the, 
in the history of that nation. And uh, we're going to need a few miracles, but uh, we are hoping that we will be able to start gathering and doing our services regularly and all the rest that we do starting next Rosh Hashanah. So we'd appreciate your prayers in that regard because we will need some miracles to achieve that goal. So uh, also, as uh, Rabbi Kevin alluded to, uh, we lived in Belarus for 12 years and we're still intimately connected with the nation and the people. And on August the 9th, there was a presidential election. And after the election, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of Belarusian citizens began to peacefully protest this presidential election result, results which both the EU and the United States do not recognize as being free and fair election results. The people want Mr. Lukashenko, who has held power for 26 years, to leave. If you've seen any of the photos and videos online about the government, how the government is cracking down brutally on peaceful protesters, it is shocking what I have seen and what I have heard. 7,000 peaceful protesters were detained. Many were beaten and some were tortured. We have reports of both male and female members of our four congregations who were peacefully walking the streets protesting, being grabbed by men in plain clothes with black masks covering their entire face, and then they were thrown into unmarked vans and detained in prison. It's frightening. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Belarus and for the entire nation. And uh, Belarus is in the headlines, so you just can Google Belarus News to stay updated so that you can continue to pray as things unfold quickly. In India, the situation where we have our Sunrise Guest House and Messianic Outreach Center, the situation is complete lockdown. The borders are closed, and normally there would be thousands of Israelis up where the sun rises in the foothills of the Himalayan mountains, and, uh, but now there's nobody. Everything is closed, including sunrise, because the whole place is sadly shut down. But the good news is our team continues to reach out. They are in touch with about 350 Israelis that we have ministered to over the year via WhatsApp. And more recently, we began a Zoom musical outreach, and our first one was attended by 35 young Israelis. And so we're looking forward to doing some more of that as well. In Israel, as uh, Rabbi Kevin mentioned, uh, we minister to hundreds of Holocaust survivors throughout the nation. And I want to say that uh, our team, uh, we adapted quickly to the lockdown that occurred in Israel during the start of the coronavirus. And even though we cannot continue with our home visits, which we do about 120 home visits per month, we couldn't do our excursions and gathering together in our clubs face to face. We began making dozens of phone calls every week 
to encourage the survivors and to pray with them, and they so much appreciate that. And the interesting thing about it is during this uh, COVID crisis, when they are isolated and lonely, many of them are more open to discuss spiritual things, and they themselves are asking our team to prayer. And as a matter of fact, and I want you to shout hallelujah with me because this just blows my mind and rejoices my soul. Since April, six Holocaust survivors have prayed to receive Yeshua in the land of Israel. Holocaust survivor Meyer is one of them who recently gave her life to the Lord. She is very active in studying the scriptures and likes to say with a big smile, you turn me from an atheist to a believer. Hallelujah. Now, to continue to stay informed on what God is doing through Reach Initiative International around the world, I invite you to sign up for our weekly updates. You'll get them in your inbox. You can sign up by going to our website, reachii.org, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org. And now I want to dig into a message that's kind of, it's, how do I describe it? It's heavy on my heart. It's a, it's a strong message, and I think it's an important and strategic message as well. The title of it is, If My People. If My People. You don't need me to tell you that you are living in a challenging and sobering time. We indeed are. The worldwide coronavirus pandemic has seriously impacted the way people live, as well as the, econom the economies of the nations of the world. My heart goes out to all who have lost loved ones or who are presently suffering serious financial crisis at this time. We pray for you, and our hearts go out to you. Nations on lockdown, borders closed, planes not flying, travel restricted. Amazingly, in Israel this year, Passover was celebrated in a very similar, similar way to that of the first Passover in Moses' day. You see, the people of Israel were told they could not leave their houses during Pesach, and they were locked in in order to be celebrating Passover, Pesach, and avoiding the plague of COVID-19. Interesting to think about. You know, I, I was also thinking that two of the big idols of American culture, sport and entertainment, were put on hold for a period of time. Who would have thought of such a thing a year ago? Football season on pause? No way, but it happened. Shocking lawlessness and violence on the streets of many of our major cities in this nation. Unrest in the streets of Israel and on the streets of many other nations of the world. And to my amazement, Marxist socialism is being promoted in the United States of America, the very nation that was instrumental in bringing an end to the oppressive Soviet Union regime, which was founded on a Marxist socialist ideology. Remember, it was in the former Soviet Union that God was declared dead, and the Bible was an outlawed book. It was a crime to read the Bible. 
And those who practiced their faith were doing so at great risk, risk of being imprisoned, risk of being murdered or sent to the gulag to live a life of deprivation and slave labor separated from their families in Siberia. Having lived in Belarus for 12 years, and as I mentioned, still intimately involved, both my wife and I with the people in the ministry there, we have heard firsthand stories from our Jewish people and from others what it was like to live under a Marxist, socialistic, repressive regime. Something I hope never repeats again in any nation especially here in America. You know, even putting aside for a moment the present darkness that has been manifest during the COVID-19 pandemic, let's briefly remind ourselves of the ongoing sin and rebellion against God and his moral values we have in our nation and around the world. Things like millions of precious unborn children being murdered in their mother's womb around the world, a great deception and a great evil. Rampant sexual immorality, rampant divorce, destruction of the family. Pornography, gender confusion and gender conversion. Facebook tells us there are now more than 50 genders. 50, more than 50. Sex trafficking, child pornography, child tra trafficking. And now there are some groups in this country raising their voices to claim that pedophilia should be recognized at a, as another sexual orientation that people maybe were born with. Could Sodom and Gomorrah have been much worse? You see, in our days, more and more, good is called evil, and evil is called good. Isaiah spoke of it in the fifth chapter of the book of Isaiah, verse 20. He said, woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who put darkness for light, and light for darkness. Like many, I am crying out, God, help us. And this is what I have been hearing God say, if my people. Who are his people? It is us, followers of Yeshua. More on this in a moment, but first a little background to this message. You know, near the beginning of the pandemic, pandemic like many, I was perplexed and frightened at times. But I'm grateful that the Lord, who is our refuge and strength and our hope in times of trouble and in good times, began to highlight a number of verses in the Bible to me to help me to understand the times that we are living in and to begin to understand how he wants his people to respond. The first passage comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 26 through 29. Hebrews 11, 26 through 29. It says this, He, the Lord, has promised, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. 
The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Yes, he is a loving and merciful father, but he is a just judge, and he is awesome, and he deserves worship in reverence and awe. He is a consuming fire. We are indeed living in a time of great shaking, but it is also a time of great opportunity, God opportunity. It is a time of war, nation against nation, as well as cultural wars in our nation and others. But one of the primary battlegrounds might surprise you. It's inside you and me. What do I mean? We are in a war. We are in a war with ourselves and the way we live and we react to life and the initiatives that we take. You know, normal life, I mean even the good things of normal life, like job, getting a promotion, busy schedules, hobbies, entertainment. The cares of everyday life press on us and have a tendency to push passion for God and his kingdom priorities to a back seat. You know, I myself, I direct an international ministry. I always need to be careful that ministry and all that it entails does not push God into second place because it can be very demanding, and I've seen it happen to myself at times. You know, the outcome of the war that we are in will determine whether we personally and as a body and bride of Messiah walk in revival or something less. For a picture of what revival looks like, please go back and read in the book of Acts chapter, chapter 2 and the following chapters so that you will see what revival looked like in that first century in that messianic Jewish congregation in Jerusalem. It was on fire and it was unstoppable. Our victory in this war is not only a victory for Yeshua and for ourselves, but for our families, our descendants, for our neighbors, for our communities, the nation we live in and the nation of Israel and beyond. It's critical. It's strategic. It's big. Just as we see the dirt in a glass of water, You've all held up that glass, that illustration. And when you shake a glass of water that appears clean sometimes, you will see all the dirt becomes more apparent. So it is, as the earth shakes in this day, the dirt of rebellion against God rises and is being seen more clearly by many. And God says, if my people... You ask, if my people, what? Great question. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, 
who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. What an amazing word from God. I believe God's shofar is sounding, summoning a mighty army of sold out on fire servants of the Lord. We are that army, and we are destined to, in ever more powerful ways, hold up the banners of love, truth, holiness, and the good news from heaven that God loves us and Yeshua died for our sins and rose from the grave. Are you there? Will you be there? You know, it does not matter now how long you have been walking with the Lord or if you are a relatively new follower of Yeshua. It does not matter if in the past you've been compromising with sin or doing your best to walk in holiness. If you have been on fire or you have been lukewarm or cold, what matters is that today is a new day and the shofar of heaven is being sounded. And I am convinced that today not one of us who are called by his name should, ex should ignore the very now shofar call of 2 Chronicles 7.14. Though most people who know me would consider me pretty passionate for the Lord and his kingdom priorities, and indeed I am committed to walking in holiness and rejecting any sin in my life, nevertheless, I have made the decision to respond to the now chauffeur call of 2 Chronicle, Chronicles 7.14 the today chauffeur call of God, and to also call you, my beloved brothers and sisters, to do the same and respond in the way God wants us to. I've made a decision to humble myself, to refocus my attention on the Lord, to pray, not what the Lord's doing, not what he wants to do in my ministry, but him, to pray, to fast, to slow down and seek his face and allow him to show me where I need to repent and change, where maybe there was a little bit of alignment needed in my life or a little bit of the yeast of something not pleasing to him hidden in the far corners of my heart and mind. You see, my prayer is that not one of us in the worldwide body of Messiah will go on with business as usual. That we will not turn a blind eye to our own idols, to where we have lost our passion, where we have put pleasure and comfort above the priorities of the kingdom of God. Not one I do not want to see one of my brothers and sisters to continue compromising with sin or living a self-centered and selfish life. These are the days of awe. Or that when you and I are called to take risks, make sacrifices, and do new exploits for the kingdom, 
Yeshua will not say to any one of us, Oh, you of little faith. Or, you put your hand to the plow and then turn back. No, I want for all of us to hear, Well done, good and faithful servant, no matter what the price and no matter what the cost. You know, our land needs healing. The people need God. And we are God's answer. It is, is it not time to allow God to go to the very corners and depths of our soul to get that chumetz, that yeast of sin, or unbelief, or compromise, or idol worship, and the like out of our lives? Is it not time to fast, pray, weep, and cry out to the Lord for our personal cleansing and revival and for the revival in our congregations and the revival of the body of Messiah worldwide. Acts 2, Jerusalem congregation, is possible again. Is it not time to urgently pray, cry out to God and intercede for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the Jewish people and the people of the nations that are wandering through life without life itself, Yeshua the life giver? I would like to read a few verses from the word of God and let them speak for themselves here. There are many other similar passages, but I don't have time to go into them. I picked this one. I think it speaks into our situation. And please know, I'm not pointing a finger at anyone. I am preaching to myself and to all of God's people, my people, his people, because I believe this is a critical time in history. Joel chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, and chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It says this, To you, Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness, and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up, and fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness. But yet, even now, it is a declaration of Adonai the Lord. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and lamenting. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn to me, Adonai, your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abundant in mercy, and relenting about the calamity due. We are indeed living in a time of calamity, and great darkness is covering the earth. People are trembling with fear. Many are in despair, have lost hope. Others are simply resigning themselves to fate. And we, his people, are being called by God to arise and shine like never before as darkness covers the earth. Prayer and repentance precede revival. Let me repeat that. Prayer and repentance precede revival, but it does not stop with prayer and repentance. 
You see, revival leads to fervent and passionate intercession for the lost and compassionate, servant-hearted, consistent action and a viral explosion of the good news of Yeshua's love and salvation that goes forth into the world in word and deed. Again, go back to that Jerusalem congregation, study it, see what it was about, and let's yearn for the same. We are called to shine those lights, to serve, bless, and of course, Give the good news, the good news in the midst of so much bad news that God loves us. He's forgiven and gives us eternal life through Yeshua. You know, in Israel, our teams are pouring out their lives in sacrificial service for the blessing, comfort, well-being, and eternal salvation of hundreds of Holocaust survivors. In Belarus, Right now, I use this ex simple example. There are about a thousand Hasidic Jews who flew into Belarus in order to get into the Ukraine, which they thought they'd be able to get into through Belarus, but Ukraine has locked its borders. And so they crossed the Belarus border, and now they're in no man's land between Belarus and Ukraine. About a thousand of them. And, uh, I'm so proud of some members of our congregation. They saw the need and they saw the opportunity. So they began to pray. And some are taking a long trip to the border to bring blankets and food. And though these, these Hasidic uh, uh, people are seeking to go to Rabbi Nachman's grave, not only are they going to pray for them and bring them practical help in food and blankets, with love, but they are going to share the good news of the rabbi of rabbis, who's not in a grave, who's risen from the dead, the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua. You know, I read about a church in California that mobilized its members to feed hungry families and minister to the hurting during this pandemic. And they report more than 6,000 people have prayed to receive Jesus in just the past few months. Wow, that sounds like something. But I want to be clear. We are not simply talking about good deeds or volunteering some time to do something nice for someone else. That's important. But what we are talking about is going out and shining our lights because the fire of his love is consuming us. We are talking about being consumed by the fire of his love. We are talking about revival and a great revival of the entire body of Messiah. For those of you who have been walking with the Lord 10, 20, 30, 40 years and more like myself, I believe God wants us to reconsecrate in this day with a new sense of kingdom mission and purpose. And I believe he wants to fill you and I afresh with that Holy Spirit and fire, that fire of holiness and love. And I believe you younger generations, teens, college and young career people, young adults, 
God is mobilizing you, not will, is mobilizing you into a fresh, energetic, faith-filled, creative, spiritual army made for this generation, committed to the highest degree to the heart of God and the great commission of Yeshua. Revised vessels, spreading revival, meeting needs, planting congregations, unstoppable ones like the one in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And you will be instrumental in bringing in a great harvest, end time, promised harvest of Jew and Gentile. And I believe that it is God's time. And I, for one, stand with you and for you. Let's go for it. In conclusion, and to put this all together in a neat package to help us remember and engage with the Lord, I summarize the key points of this message with seven key words or phrases. And by the way, before I dig into that, back in April, on episode 44 of my podcast, Your Jewish Connection, I shared a message, where is God in the midst of this coronavirus, and what is he up to in this crisis? You can listen to that episode, plus some other, all the other episodes, including a couple of episodes with uh, my good friend Rabbi Kevin, on your preferred podcast platform, or you can listen or watch a video version at our Reach Initiative International website, reachii.org, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org. So here are the seven things I believe God is up to during this time of crisis and opportunity we live in. Some words and phrases to summarize. Number one, shaking. We read about it in Hebrews 12, 25 through 29, so that we will worship him with awe and reverence and thankful hearts. Two, repentance and return. For us, the body of Messiah, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people. Three, revival. Revival that raises up a great army of God consumed by the fire of his love and manifestations of power. Number four, outpouring, outpouring of his ruach. I'm yearning for more of an outpouring of his ruach with signs, wonders, and miracles like in the book of Acts. Number five, the gospel goes viral, more viral than COVID-19. How? Through us, through us. Harvest, number six, Harvest of tens of thousands of Jewish and Gentile people this year and in the years to come. And number seven, healing of the land, families, communities, cities, nations. And to get the wonderful results of number six and seven, we need to engage with God on the first five. If my people... Let's pray. 
Avinu Malkinu, our Father, our King. Lord, your word has called us to humble ourselves before your mighty hand that you might lift us up. You have called us today, I've heard the chauffeur call of heaven, to humble ourselves, to seek your face, to slow it down, to reprioritize, to confess our sins as we see them in the light of deep fellowship with you in your word and in your presence, to turn away from those sins and to allow you to transform us to empower us afresh, to fire us up afresh, to make us bold as lions. And Lord God, we pray as we do that you would forgive us and heal our land. Lord God, I pray, Father God, if there is anything in me, anything, go into the deepest parts the deepest corners of my heart and my mind, of my soul, Lord God, if there is anything in me that is not pleasing to you, I ask you, please, shine the light on it because I am more than happy to allow you to bring me to repentance and empower me to become more and more like my master and Lord, my friend, my Savior, Yeshua. Father God, we are desperate. We are desperate. We need to be revived as your people. We need you to pour out your spirit. We need, Lord, you to heal our families, to break through in our communities, and to heal our nations Lord God, we yearn for so many that are lost in darkness, rebelling against you, hurting, hopeless, despairing, desperate. Lord God, for the lost sheep of Israel, the Jewish people and the people of the nations, oh God, revive us for your glory and for their sake, Lord God. Revive us for your glory and for their sake. Lord God, thank you for hearing our cry. We believe in this dark time, in this time of calamity, this is your time. This is your time. And we pray that your glory, as Habakkuk said, would cover the earth. We stand in awe of who you are and your great love and mercy as well as your justice and holiness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for dealing us, dealing with us in compassion and mercy. We bless you. All glory to you. Thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, 
or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Shalom.